Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, February 26th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Tetzavah, and it means, You Shall Command. Exodus 2720 to 28:12 Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually The lampstand will stand in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the ark of the covenant Aaron and his sons must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night This is a permanent law for the people of Israel, and it must be observed from generation to generation. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel, so they may minister to me and be my priests. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest, set apart for my service. These are the garments they are to make, a chest piece, an ephod, a robe, a patterned tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. The craftsmen must make the ephod of finely woven linen and skillfully embroider it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. 
It will consist of two pieces, front and back, joined at the shoulders with two shoulder pieces. The decorative sash will be made of the same materials, finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of Israel. Six names will be on each stone, arranged in the order of the births of the original sons of Israel. Engrave these names on the two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in settings of gold filigree. Fasten the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as a reminder that Aaron represents the people of Israel. Aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder whenever he goes before the Lord. Mark 8 11 to 38. When the Pharisees heard that Yeshua had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Yeshua warned them, Watch out! Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this they began to argue with each other, because they hadn't brought any bread. Yeshua knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about not having bread? Don't you know or even understand yet? Are your hearts too hard to see it? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the five thousand with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? he asked them. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Yeshua, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Yeshua took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Yeshua placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Yeshua sent him away, saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Yeshua and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea, Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Why do, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Yeshua warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Yeshua began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed. But three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked 
about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Yeshua turned around and looked at his disciples and then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Psalm 42, 1-11 As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours His unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing His songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff, Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10.17 People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Mark chapter 8. And here we see another miraculous feeding of a large crowd of people. And Yeshua leaves the Pharisees who are challenging him, and he and the disciples get in the boat to go back to the other side of the lake. While they're on the boat, they have a conversation, a discussion about the two miraculous feedings. In the first miraculous feeding, there were 5,000 people, and there were 12 leftover baskets of bread, and there were five loaves and two fishes. And I've talked to you about the meaning and the significance of those numbers, that Yeshua had a message embedded in his actions. It's a remez hidden message. He didn't come out and say it in words. He said it through his actions. So then in the second miraculous feeding, we had 4,000 people who were 
uh, fed, and they used seven loaves of bread and that were multiplied. And then there were seven baskets of leftovers that they picked up. And so then Yeshua makes this innocuous comment. He said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. So the disciples don't get it. What is he talking about? And they said, well, we forgot to bring food for the, on the boat. They only had one loaf of bread on the, on the boat. And Yeshua says, he's marveling. He says, you don't get it yet? And he reviews with them, how many people did we feed with the five loaves and the two fish, 5,000? And how many basketfuls of leftovers were there? Well, there were 12. So then in the second miraculous feeding, there were seven. So what does that mean? Let's decode it. The Pharisees back then, all the way to today, they would say to a Gentile who is not Jewish, you do not need to follow all of the Torah. If you want to be righteous, you only have to follow the seven Noahide laws. That's all you have to do, and you're good. You don't have to follow the, keep the Shabbat and keep the feast and, and follow all the rest of the Torah. Just follow the seven Noahide laws. And so Yeshua is saying, don't follow what the Pharisees are teaching you about the seven Noahide laws. That's wrong. That's incorrect. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And he basically, in the feeding of the 5,000 with the 12 leftovers, he's saying, I want you to feed my sheep. I am the bread of life. Let them eat the bread, me. And I want them to learn all of the Torah, all five, the first five books of the Torah. I want them to consume all of it. All of the Torah, not just the seven Noahide laws. And so that is what Yeshua is warning his disciples about. Beware of the leaven and the yeast of the Pharisees. And then Yeshua goes on in verse 34, and he says, If any of you wants to be my follower, my disciple, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Now remember, the cross is an instrument of death. You have to give up your own way. You know, the Burger King motto is, have it your way. And that's really the culture of the world. I want it my way. I I when I order a hamburger or I order something at a restaurant, I want the salad to have this and this in it, but not that. Or on my pizza, I want these three toppings, but not that other topping. Have it your way. And Yeshua says, you must give up your own way and take up your cross. You have to die and follow me. Not die literally, but die the ego, the pride, the selfishness must die. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. So basically, he's describing what it really means to be a disciple, to be a true follower of Yeshua. And how many of us have really done that, have truly died to self and pour ourselves out like a drink offering to be a servant? Sometimes when you're a servant, you, you don't want to go into the works mode 
you're working your way into God's favor and into the kingdom. No, it's all by faith. It's all by grace. He he did a finished work on the cross, and by grace, by believing in him, by having faith in Yeshua, you're saved. But then we're called to be a servant, and we do it out of love. We do it out of love, not out of resentment, not out of duty, not out of bondage, out of love. We're a love bond slave, a bond servant. So I'm going to wrap things up now and leave you with this beautiful worship song. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Enjoy and bask in this beautiful worship song. Shalom.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.